This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Great to be together. we got two great interviews today. In just a few moments, we'll talk with Dr. Thomas Williams and uh, also Namrata Singh Gudral. Dr. Thomas Williams is uh, Breitbart's correspondent in Rome, a very accomplished writer. Uh, I think he's a professor also. He's really smart, and he's writing about the uh, incredible Equality Act that uh, Joe Biden is pushing that would do all kinds of crazy things on transgender and gender. It's just it's a wild uh, piece of legislation. But, of course, because the world is upside down, it's actually going to probably pass at least the House, and we'll see what happens in the U.S. Senate. So uh, we'll talk with Dr. Thomas Williams in a moment from Breitbart.com. And then uh, our friend, uh, Namrata, oh, let me see, Singh Gudral. Like, I'm getting good. She's, I think it'll be a third time on. She's done a documentary called America's Forgotten. Democrat, she's a Democrat, started out writing a, oh my gosh, why are they mean to illegal aliens? This is terrible. And when she was done, she'd written something that said, the system is broken, the people are taking advantage of it, and we'll talk to her about how it's going and what What's going on? She does. The rumor is that she has a follow up uh, that will be interesting to see. So we'll talk with her. All right. But before we get to that, I want to to point you to a very important uh, a, a very important essay written over at UncoverDC.com. Uh, UncoverDC.com. It's an essay by our friend General Flynn. In fact, it's actually not titled an essay. He's it's called a statement from General uh, uh, Flynn. America first. Election Integrity and Get Involved. That's the headline. And so he opens, maybe he listens to the show. I'm teasing, of course, because I was up there in uh, in Rhode Island to visit him uh, on Monday to Tuesday. So we talked a lot about a lot of this that you're going to hear. But he says, uh, opens with Justice Clarence Thomas. He says, Justin Clarence Thomas recently wrote in his dissent, elections are of the, of the most fundamental significance under our constitutional structure. Through them, we exercise self-government. But elections enable self-governance only when they include processes that give citizens, including the losing candidate and their supporters, confidence in the fairness of the election. He goes on in this piece to tell people we have to get to the bottom of what happened in 2020. We cannot do we cannot allow that this is that the America first supporters uh, are going to be told you can't even think about it. Uh, and he says we should, you know, continue to make your voice heard. You have to get better organized in your churches, your wards, your towns and cities, get more um, active in local level, seek out uh, America first patriot citizens for public office. Uh, and they said, but be careful not to recruit the next generation of establishment elites, which is great. And uh, he um, he also then refers to one of the organizations defending the republic uh, that uh, Sidney Powell started, which is an effort to do some of those things. So, But here's the thing. If you look at this piece and you, you understand what's happening, what he and this is General, General Michael Flynn, who's calling his people. You know, he's got a lot of people that look up and are saying, what am I supposed to do? What could I do? And he's giving them a clear direction on this. And and look, I got to tell you, a lot of the other steps in that email, in that uh, text, which are nice, they're good. The biggest thing I tell you is his his point, which has been my point. And by the way, as I told you, I shared we he and I shared a, a long, long conversation on this and we're in agreement. I can't say it's my idea or his idea. It's just the idea that's true. We must get to the bottom of what happened, what really happened. We cannot be distracted 
by the capital insurrection hoax, by the people that want to talk about white supremacy. All those things are distractions trying to take our minds away from what's an exact what and our hearts and our focus away from what's really necessary. Because there was another group organized. There's another announcement. Um, American uh, Principles Project, I think APP, is that what it is? And then SBA, Susan B. Anthony Association, great groups. Susan B. Anthony List. Um, I, I got they're great. They're 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 important uh, efforts. Susan B. Anthony List does uh, pro life stuff. Uh, American Principles Project does conservative stuff. They are coming together to do a special project, and they're putting in the middle of that. They're putting uh, the um, Ken Cuccinelli, who's a fearless guy. Ken Cuccinelli is fearless, and they're going to do an election integrity. I think it's called Reform Now or uh, Urgent Urgent Election Reform Needed or something. All good, except. If you're going to the legislature and saying, hey, guys, do the reform, I'm telling you right now, every single day they are trying, the narrative machine is trying to make us stop talking about November 3rd. So there is a piece on the AP today, the Associated Press, that highlights the fact that, and it's AP writes it up, I think two authors from the Associated Press, and they're basically doing a survey, and they're basically saying... In lots of states, you still have crazy people that are talking about the November 3rd election. They're crazy. They're, they're like insurrectionists. They're really bad people. And the AP is pounding the drum with the narrative machine on the fact that people who are saying, what really happened? What, what are we going to do? And the reason they're doing it is because they want us to do less reform. There will be less urgency in the state legislatures and the local communities that are, that would enact reform. A true election integrity for reform if it becomes toxic to even talk about it. What, what kind of person is going to want to reform something that was perfect? You don't reform perfection. You celebrate it. And so remember, after five years, since, since, since before, well, I guess maybe it's just since Trump won, so four and a half years, we have heard that the election back then was stolen by the Russians. There was essays and, and analyses by Harvard and Wharton and other places saying, you can't really trust the election these days. You better not trust the election these days. Watch out for voter fraud. Could be hacking. Might be stuff. Now, if you bring that stuff up, most of it's disappeared off the Internet. You know, there's that famous Wharton. Uh, uh, the, the, the Wharton is the business school, the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania, one of the elite schools in the country. They had a lengthy analysis of how problematic electronic systems could be for election integrity. Published in 2016. It's disappeared now. You got to go to the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine is a you know an online search engine that will look at previous uh, stuff that's out there. It kind of goes behind the internet and finds stuff, and you can track it down. My point here is when you hear General Flynn and and I he is also uh, do he published this today on purpose because CPAC is meeting down in uh, Florida. Usually meets in D.C. and there's a lot of people at CPAC. I celebrate it, man. It's great. Lots of patriots, lots of conservatives. I'm all for it. I'm most interested in President Trump's speech. A lot of the other people, to me, are are kind of come in, come out, and all that. I just don't. I, I don't get motivated by big, lengthy conferences. They cost a lot of money for people. But I, I look, I celebrate it. Celebr- I celebrate all these conservatives. I saw Hans von Spakovsky, guys, really smart Heritage Foundation guy. He's talking about election re- uh, reform. I like all of it. I'm for all of it. However. I also know that General Flynn sent his message today on purpose because he's trying to send a signal to the CPAC folks, even to President Trump. Don't forget, don't forget, we the people, the grassroots, that aren't, we, we aren't ready to move on in the sense that we want to have a way to understand what we know happened, which is something deeply problematic. 
And so I'm glad to see he did that. It's a very important piece. We'll put it up on social media. And and you should look closely because a typical uh, General Flynn fashion starts by saying, this is what we should be concerned about. This is what I want to hear. Then goes into specific action steps. I mean, when I say specific, targeted, not like go to this uh, precinct, but say saying these are the things you got to do. Yes, you got to find candidates. Yes, you got to be involved in uh, precinct races. Yes, you got to get engaged. But he's also telling the America first folks, you have permission to believe what your eyes told you, and you have permission to demand that the legislators and leaders get to the bottom of it. It's very important. Very important. And UncoverDC.com is where you'll find it. Uh, Tracy Beans is down there. She's the editor, publisher of that thing. They get tons and tons of traction. Great, strong credibility with the grassroots. It's a, it's a great place. So you got to check that out. So do that. And that's what you need to know. What you need to know is take that piece, internalize it, understand it, and also pass it on. Remember what I told you? People were worried about what do I do now? I said the first thing is get yourself solidified in the basics. Hopefully it's a scripture for you, also the constitutional documents, and the people you trust. General Flynn is one. Remember that? And then I said, and build out the community of people who feel it with you, who you can bond with. That's where this plays in. Send this thing around. I've already sent this around, this piece uh, for, uh, for uh, the General Flynn wrote. I've emailed it around. Get people focused on uh, on some things together, ways to understand things together, to strengthen yourselves, because the narrative machine is just grinding. It's grinding and grinding and trying to make us uh, not talk about this truth. So it's very valuable. General Michael Flynn over at UncoverDC.com. Uh, let me, by the way, that's, so that's what you need to know. You can also get in touch with me directly, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, ed at phyllisschlafly.com. Over on Twitter, my Twitter handle, at Eagle Ed Martin, you can, that's open for direct messages. You can even text me. A lot of folks like to text me, 314-256-1776 is a direct text line right to my phone, 314-256-1776. Feel free to ping me there, and I will follow up as best I can. And over on Facebook, it's Ed Martin Live, uh, Ed Martin Live on Facebook. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We've got uh, today's guests, uh, Dr. Thomas Williams and Nimrod. Nada Singh Gudral, the uh, publisher, excuse me, the creator, documentary director of America's Pro- uh, America's Promise. Am I getting that right? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. America's Forgotten. There you go. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend, uh, Thomas Williams. Dr. Thomas Williams has been on previously. He is uh, the uh, Breitbart editor in Rome and a journalist and has written books and other things. And he's really, really valuable. And especially because he has a perspective on the Catholic Church, Catholic faith and what's happening. So the first thing, welcome, uh, Dr. Thomas Williams. How are you, sir? Excellent, Ed. Thank you very much for having me on your show, and it couldn't be a more opportune moment to discuss these things. Well, it sure is important because a few days ago you had a piece over at Breitbart.com. The title is Joe Biden Collides with Catholic Bishops Over the Equality Act. Now, we've talked about the Equality Act on the show a little bit, uh, and it's being rushed through by the Biden administration. But talk to me about that collision, what it means. Of course, Joe Biden ran as a uh, self-described uh, Catholic. I think he called himself a devout Catholic. But what is this conflict? What's happening? Where where do you see this uh, this uh, heading? Well, I think, Ed, I mean, the question is really defining the terms we're talking about here, what the Equality Act actually says and what it doesn't say. 
it's nothing about equality. And I think that the U.S. bishops have been great about this because they've been they've been repeating over and over again that we're all for equality. We're all for peeing, uh, uh, treating people equally. We are all for uh, non-discrimination. But the Equality Act is not about that. The Equality Act is about abolishing biological differences between the sexes and replacing them with gender, which is a a subjective entity based on what you feel that you are. And I think that the U.S. bishops here, thankfully, are on the side of science in the sense that they say boys and girls are determined by their, their chromosomes, they're determined by their phenotypes, they are not determined by what they happen to feel at a given moment in time. And I think that the Equality Act is a very dangerous piece of legislation that the Catholic Church, thankfully, has been very, very strong in its opposition. We're talking with uh, Dr. Thomas Williams. He's a journalist over at uh, at uh, Breitbart.com. His pieces, when they, whenever he writes, you should read it. He's got another one, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Williams. I, I'm referring now to one a couple days after that, Catholic League. And here's a quote I want to read you and then ask you to analyze. Of course, Catholic League President Bill Donahue, very well-known character, incredibly influential and, and uh, impressive guy. He wrote that he, he said this, the Equality Act would, quote, promote the most comprehensive assault on Christianity ever written into law. Now, that's a big claim. Donahue's always pretty good at putting a, putting it out there in a way that you can, you can kind of come back and figure. But tell me what he means and what you see in that piece you wrote. Well, what he means, I think, by that is essentially that the Catholic claim and the Christian claim that human beings are male and female, that God created people as male and female, man and woman, is being denied by the Equality Act. The Equality Act repositions the entire Western understanding of law and of, uh, of science in a new gender-based, uh, subjective-based definition uh, according to what you feel that you are. And, and the Catholic Church is standing by tradition, it's standing by science, it's standing by uh, what we understand biology to be, and to say, look, human beings, I mean, there can be exceptions in the sense that there are abnormalities in every area of science. But basically speaking, human beings are divided very simply into male and female. And that is what the Equality Act is denying. So what they're really saying in, in trying to promote this equality is that transgender people, boys who think they are girls, are actually girls. And girls who think they are boys are actually boys. And the Catholic bishops are saying, no, this this denies everything we understand about anatomy and physiology and also according to our Christian faith. And this denies also our chance to preach as a church what is the God-given nature of human beings. We're talking again with Dr. Thomas Williams and uh, over at Breitbart.com. I'll put this link up, uh, Dr. Uh, Williams, because it's so useful. It's all of the articles by him as a, you know, on Breitbart. And, uh, and, and I, you know, we're talking about the Catholic bishops and their stand, which has been impressive, uh, as you say. Also, Franklin Graham, in a piece earlier this week, uh, or maybe two days ago, that uh, Dr. Williams wrote, they commented on this. There's a there's widespread a question of the impact. Here's a different pulling back a little bit as an observer, as you are, of history and, and uh, Christianity 
Christianity and now uh, with Breitbart uh, writing you know regular stories that come up. The speed with which this issue under this administration is top of mind. I mean, they're not even they did the abortion stuff. You know, they reversed some of the Mexico City protocol. And we've talked about that. They did. They signaled they're going to put in uh, pro-abortion uh, judges. But boy, oh, boy, they've moved fast on this uh, on this stuff, the Equality Act. What is it? Is it, it Dr. Williams in the history here? Is it is it I mean, is it the the uh, destruction of the family? I mean, what? why is this a priority for otherwise sane people, meaning I just mean politicians of either party to push so fast on the Equality Act. Well, I think, Ed, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is the Equality Act has been in the hopper for decades. This was introduced in the 1970s. It has been rejected over and over and over again. In, in 2019, it was passed by the House of Representatives, which was democratically uh, majoritarian at the time. It was rejected or not even uh, contemplated by the Senate. Joe Biden thinks at this moment that he's throwing a bone to his uh, more radical left uh, contingency in the party, which is very, very strong. He ran as a moderate, but as we've seen in every single executive order that he has issued so far, he is not running as a, as a moderate right now. But the fact of the matter is that he thinks he might have enough backing. He's got all the Democrats behind him, and he thinks he might. He, he thinks he might get a few. Uh, trailers in uh, among the Republicans. This is what happened yesterday in the vote in the House of Representatives when it passed. He got three votes from the GOP, and he thinks it might now run through the Senate. I, I think what he's trying to do is run on momentum that he's got going after the election, thinking that right now might be the moment to tip the balance on, on something absolutely radical that I don't even think he really believes in, to tell you the truth. But that's that's irrelevant at the point. The matter is, if it goes through, it's going to be seriously detrimental to the country. Well, and, and, and OK, but I, I maybe back, pull back for a second. What's the origin behind this? If it's been going around since the 70s, I mean, it is so radical, even even in a funny way. And I don't really mean this. The ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, of which I'm so familiar, you and I've talked about before, that that sort of makes sense. The feminist wanted it. And then, of course, the people that wanted to change the Constitution and get a lot of the same things, you know, whether it's gay marriage or LGBT uh, or transgender rights. But the Equality Act, it's kind of so far over the top. I mean, who sits around? I, I, look, I, I'll say it this way, and you have a smart wife uh, and smarter than you, and I do too. And my wife said, she's like, nobody wants this. Who do they think want this? I mean, who wants this stuff? And why are we being shoved? Why is it being shoved in America's face? Well, you're right on every single point. Uh, in the 1970s, obviously, the Equality Act has has evolved immensely since then because transgender questions weren't even an issue in the 1970s. Uh, right now, and you're right, even among LGBT-identified people, uh, lesbians and gay, uh, generally speaking, do not follow a lot of the transgender radical ideology. This is something that is beyond the pale, even for a number of people that you and I would disagree with in terms of their own perspective on, on lesbian and gay questions. Uh, and as you know, this would change. This is this affects sports. This affects locker rooms. This affects, uh, affects bathrooms. This affects everything defining men and women, boys and girls. This would radically disrupt that. And I think that Joe Biden is running on the fact that the recent Bostick uh decision in the U.S. Supreme Court kind of, right. and this was uh, should have been a friend of ours, but Neil Gorsuch kind of gave uh, gave a pass to our friends on the left 
saying that the 1964 Civil Rights Act actually should have included these gender issues and not just issues based on male, female sexual differences. Yeah, it is. I think you're right about that. And and, and so now well, let me come full circle. Again, we're talking with Dr. Thomas Williams. Uh, go to Breitbart.com. I'm on my social media feed. I'll put a link where you can link to all his recent stories. He's got four or five in the last five or six days. He's been a busy guy Put going full circle then. Where's this showdown? Uh, where does this showdown end in terms of the bishops, the Catholic bishops? Because I noticed that uh, Archbishop Nauman uh, uh, from Kansas City, Kansas, came out and said he's the head of the pro-life committee. He said, you can't be pro-life with the things you're doing. You can't call yourself pro-life to uh, to Joe Biden. Uh, the bishops are, are digging in their heels. First of all, will the bishops persuade some of the Democrats to hold the line? And where does the conflict with uh, with Biden does? Do you have the Catholic bishops aren't known for kind of a showdown? They may make a good statement, but they tend to back off. What's your what's your sense on where this ends up? Well, Adam, I, I'm, I hate to say I'm a little bit pessimistic about this. Uh, the statements have been great. I agree with you. Um, many people on social media and other places have been saying, I wish the bishops had been more you know, forthcoming on this prior to the elections, because now it's kind of closing the barn door after the horse has run free. And this is what the situation we're in right now. They are not going to go to the mat on this. They are they are laying down the markers. They are saying this is not Catholic teaching. You are you are completely out of line, Joe Biden, with your Catholic faith. But they've said that about the abortion issue. They've said that about other things. And he has obviously continued doing exactly what he's doing. And there have been no consequences. And his own bishop, the Archbishop Cardinal of Washington D.C., has said, "I'll continue to give him uh, Holy Communion. I will continue to treat him as a." you know, uh, upstanding member of the faithful, no matter what he does. So there are no consequences for Joe Biden right now from the Catholic Church, no matter what he chooses to support in terms of these issues. Well, and that's exactly. I think that the uh, the um, uh, there's no. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe things are changing so dramatically. We'll see. Well, listen, Doctor Thomas Williams, thank you very much. Breitbart.com. We appreciate your coverage of this issue and uh, all your writings on it. We'll make sure to put it on social media. Come back on again uh, and and keep us updated. Thank you, sir. Look forward to it. Thank you very much, Ed. All right. Well, that's uh, Dr. Thomas Williams, Breitbart.com. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Now, you might be getting, if like you're, if you're like me, some guests I could have on every week. And say some of them you know I have on frequently. But our next guest is, now I think it's her third time with me. Her name is Namrata Singh Gudral, and she is the producer and the, uh, I don't know what the titles they give when you do this kind of thing. She's, she's produced a documentary. She's kind of the executive producer. She's the star. She's everything. She's the journalist. And it's called Americans Forgotten. And when I had her on last time, uh, I talked about, I think I hadn't watched the whole uh, I'm sorry to admit the documentary. I have since. America's Forgotten. I watch it on Amazon Prime. It's available all other places. You should get it. You, you have to spend a few dollars to get it. But it's all about the immigration question. It's about the people at the center of it. There's very moving characters. Uh, it's extraordinary. And now we're seeing dramatically a change in policy in America on immigration and a discussion of even more dramatic changes because Joe Biden has proposed to the Congress a bill that most say won't go anywhere as a as a total bill, but will probably be uh, carved up in pieces. So I thought we ought to talk about this. And so welcome to the program, Namada, Namrata. How are you? Thank you, Ed. Thanks so much for having me again. It's been great. So f- 
Yeah. So first things first, you you often say, I think you say you weren't a Republican or a Democrat. You certainly weren't a Republican, but you didn't go at this. You didn't go to do this documentary uh, with an angle. You kind of came to know the truth. When you watch the changes in the laws and now you're watching migrant uh, caravans, at least possibly forming and people coming across. What's your feelings? What are you feeling right now about the American sort of policy and even the debate on immigration? So I think uh, I'll answer this, uh, your question in two parts. The first part is, okay. and we we show this in America's Forgotten, the conclusion of America's Forgotten, even though it started off as a very pro um, illegal immigration documentary trying to show persecution and uh, uh, poverty around the world, and then we we as we found out the truth, the conclusion of the documentary showcased that illegal immigration did not help Americans or migrants. As a matter of fact, it took a real toll uh, economically, emotionally, but most of all, the deaths that happened at the border and during the trek here. There's a lot of people that die that, you know, folks have to go through sometimes 14 different countries to get to the southern border. So there's a lot of uh, sex, sexual abuse abused for women. One in three women get abused on their way here and as part of a caravan or as part of a migrant batch. There's a lot of people that die in the desert as a result of dehydration or are killed on the way here uh, through coyote cartel-related uh, murders. So my answer to your question, when we open our borders and do what President Biden has done, is there's a humanitarian cost to this. This is not about mm. anti-immigration. There's a humanitarian cost that we have just propelled further simply to showcase that we're trying to be humanitarian, but it's actually doing the opposite. Well, and so at the very beginning of your your uh, of your uh, documentary, I was and I and I didn't. I have to say, I thought to myself, I want to go read more about that. But you 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 um at the very beginning, you were talking. You, you identified that there was this market where people were paid to help people send their family or themselves illegally. And I thought, okay, follow the money, right? The old sort of saw. You say. And by the way, we're talking with Namrata Singh Gujral, and her um, her documentary is called America's Forgotten. Available everywhere. Do search for it and I'll put it up on social media too. So is that the problem? Is the problem here? I mean, not the problem. Is that at the heart of this? Is it somebody making lots of money? Meaning people want to pay for uh, getting people across. People want to pay for trafficking, you know, uh, the terrible uh, problem of trafficking. People want to pay to get illegal drugs in. Is it money that's driving the, the, the that controls this? And how come there's not a better sense in America by policymakers that, hey, there's a business here. People are making lots of money. Let's find a way to manage that, if, if not tax it. I mean, is, is that am I am I sort of getting closer to the heart of this? Absolutely. And I don't know that the politicians are not cognizant of the fact because you know if I went out and made a film and from various different countries was able to showcase all of these stories and literally do an about pivot on my thoughts on illegal immigration, then I can't imagine that the folks that are actually in office that look at this stuff on a daily basis don't have a clue. They're e- either that or they're completely stupid. So I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you know, I would go with the, the, the former. Uh, the three people that really make out as a result of illegal immigration, first and foremost, you're actually right, follow the money. So it's the coyotes and the cartels. The people who charge right. someone from India fifty to $75,000 per person, Africa, 
40 to $50,000 per person to come to the United States, 25 to 30,000 to go to Europe, um, uh, Honduras, Central America, Guatemala, anywhere from a tune of 10 to $15,000, Mexico, six to $8,000. So people, the people who, who come to our southern border always remember they have paid someone to be able to come to the southern border. The cartels control it so strictly that if you don't have money, you can't cross. So the really destitute around the world don't have the money. They don't even bother. When you see the people that, of course, there's a lot of poverty around the world, but those people never make it. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing is monetarily who benefits from this. I hate to say it, but it's the the corporations, and um, it's it, they get cheaper labor, and that's pretty much it. It's the bottom line. Uh, I'm actually making the sequel to America's Forgotten, and we talk about the H-1B visa and that, and all the American workers ah. have been displaced as a result of what is happening, and it's just cruel. And finally, I think in terms of uh, our politicians, I can tell you, I mean, um, uh, as a registered Democrat for many years, and I I don't know that I'm going to go through emotional switching party lines, but I am going to perhaps just be an independent from here on. Um, I think that it helps the Democratic Party a lot because, in a sense, it enhances and expands their voter base. And so, I mean, I hate to go out on the line and say this, but I'm going to have to. They literally sell out American interests to get that voter base replenished because once people come here, they live here for several years. If you actually talk to illegal immigrants that got legalized and have lived here for 10 or 15 years, they actually become more conservative because they they understand that it's not in their best interest for this to happen. So the only way to replenish that base is to keep bringing more in. Um, so and and again, uh, let me let me highlight uh, uh, Namrata's uh, documentary is called America's Forgotten. I'm looking at it right now on Amazon Prime. You can find it all kinds of places, so you should do that. And uh, Namrata, by the way, let me do a little business on the air in front of the whole world. Uh, my old boss, the late Phyllis Schlafly, she wrote on this subject a lot. It infuriated her when people said Americans can't do the jobs. You know, there's they have to go to India or wherever. It just she says it's just not true. But also, she used to make a lot of jokes, and I, I've, I've talked about this. It gets really controversial. But you know, in in other nations. They don't allow, say, in their sports league, they don't allow teams to load up with foreigners because they want the American, you know, the the Italian league, for example, can only have two or three players who are non-Italians on the team because they want the team to be an Italian. The Italian people are the ones. Now, and Phyllis used to say, you know, why do we have to get our shortstops from the Dominican Republic, which got people crazy? But it's really true. Why are we building a system where we're getting giving jobs to other people? I'm not talking about shortstops. I'm talking about that. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, And one question that I got from a viewer, a listener, after the last time we talked, has your documentary been successful? It takes a lot of effort, a lot of money to do it. Do you? How does it work? Do you get uh, awards? I don't bet you don't get many awards because I'm not sure you're, it's too popular. But did it make money? Did it? Um, did it succeed? So I want to answer that question very candidly. Uh, when the picture was released and we had a fair bit of press, Amazon actually decided to do an escalated gating process of the picture. And the picture actually did mm. not release on the day, but supposed to, except for some a couple of very small channels. And people were looking for it. Finally, Amazon actually released a picture close to three months later. So that was a big deficit right there. And, you know, it almost made me, I mean, I'm a human being. And so I, it, it obviously, it's disturbing.
disturbing when you put a ton of money into a picture uh, just from a standpoint of uh, economics and you lose a lot of money. And I thought, mm-hmm. and, you know, well, maybe maybe this is not, I don't want to do the sequel. But then I got to tell you, um, Ed, uh, if I don't, who will? We got to stand up for America right now as Americans, because if we don't, no one else will. And the country is in a free fall. If we don't stop it, I don't know where it's going to end up. It's interesting, Namrata, and uh, again, we'll have you on again. We're out of time. Namrata Singh Gujral, uh, America's Forgotten. But what you said, and when you listen to it, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing in this time how some of the some of the positions uh, that were steadfast in the parties have sort of left the parties. And so you have people standing there looking, going, why are the corporations doing this to make money? And, and Republicans are saying that, too. Why are the corporations doing this to get jobs? And then why are the Democrats doing this? And it's it's kind of shattering the usual norms. But, uh, well, but good for you. Well, let us know. Keep us in the loop on the follow-up and let us know what we can do. Namrata Singh Gujral, the, the, the documentary is called Americans for American Americans, America's Forgotten. Jeez, I'm having trouble. Oh, you should watch it. You should see it. It's really helpful. So thanks for being with us, Namrata. My pleasure, Ed. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. By the way, so you can go to uh, you can go to proamericareport.com and track down all my previous interviews with Numbrada. I think there were two at least and all the other things there. proamericareport.com. We'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. A presidential press secretary is supposed to be the firefighter of any presidential administration. When someone starts a fire, it falls on the press secretary to put the fire out quickly before it spreads. Sarah Huckabee Sanders did a wonderful job of this for President Trump. Her gracious transparency, tempered by a sharp wit and a sharper tongue, was just what Trump needed to lay out his vision for America. President Joe Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, seems to have taken on the position of the fire starter rather than the firefighter. She was quickly lampooned by conservatives for her propensity to promise to circle back to reporters rather than just answering their questions. Then she was embroiled in a scandal for making tasteless jokes about Senator Lindsey Graham that even offended the sensibilities of the left. On top of all this, she managed to make fun of a branch of our nation's military when asked a question about the U.S. Space Force. All this came in just the first two weeks of President Biden's administration. You have got to wonder what we have to look forward to over the next four years. Someone else in the Biden administration must be asking the same questions because now her comms crew is asking reporters to give their questions in advance so she doesn't make a fool of herself, I think. Imagine what would have happened if the Trump administration had asked for reporters to turn over their questions in advance. You would have seen Sanders' face pasted on the cover of every newspaper in America. To the media's credit, even the White House Correspondents Association was willing to come out condemning Jen Psaki's request. Everyone knows that the mainstream media treats Democrats with kid gloves compared to the treatment of conservatives like President Trump. Being the press secretary, therefore, for a leftist like Joe Biden ought to be like being a brick salesman in the middle of an Antifa riot. Your job isn't that hard. Yet Jen Psaki has managed to fall into scandal after scandal. If Biden's White House can't handle off-the-cuff, kid-glove questions, just what should we be expecting from Press Secretary Jen Psaki going forward? 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. These culturally relevant commentaries, along with videos, columns, and bulletins, are waiting for you at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Plus, find, follow, and share our news and views on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Parler, Gab, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back, Ed Martin, here on the Pro-America Report. Great, great, great day. Great time together. Those are great interviews. Please make sure you visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. When you want to listen to these interviews or listen to them again, uh, please go over there. All right, let's let's finish this up. I'm going to broach this subject as an example, and I'll see if I can explain it well enough. Uh, You should not read the New York Times unless you have to. I read it every day to see where the left is. I read Politico and the New York Times just to see where they are, because you have Politico is the sort of professional, Politico.com, the professional left, the sort of political professional left, and then the New York Times is just the insane left. But you got so to sort of know what they're doing, and, and it, it's not good for my heart or my soul, but I do it. Well, there was a piece over there, and it's a uh, it's a um, Charlie Wartzel, who is an opinion writer at large, which means they pay him a boatload of money to write op-eds, which is one of the ways the left is so smart. They pay lots of these people that are liberal, and sometimes they're good writers. I'm not saying he's not a good writer. He probably has all the right credentials, but he gets paid a lot of money, I'm sure, to be a writer. You know, and on the right, people are like, uh, I'm not interested in paying you unless you do something of value. And writing a, a column for the New York Times, I don't know if that's valuable to me. That's, that's, if you have the New York Times, I guess. It is. But anyway, his name is Charlie Wartzel. He wrote a piece called Don't Go Down the Rabbit Hole. And he basically in there, he he writes dramatically about how he has figured out that social media is too influential. It's algorithms and big tech is able to put things before you. And you're, you're constantly, he says, being barraged by disinformation and you must fight back. Now, I like all that. I, I think he's right about that. I just think uh, my opinion is the big tech is feeding almost all left stuff to everybody all the time. But his point is he thinks it's nefariously available and it's bad stuff and it's a white supremacist and it's all these bad stuff. And so you have to watch this. So but here's what I want to tell you about. This is how this is how um, problematic the size and scope of the transformation of our country is here. Watch this. We are he, in this piece. He goes on and he says, "So what you have to do?" He's got these great PhD, these doctors, these professors, Doctor So and So, Professor Doctor So and So, who are saying you must do this uh, special program, SIFT, I think it's called. You know, take four steps to step back and to analyze this uh, disinformation and qualify it. And one of the steps is to go to other authorities to verify it and go find out. And by the way, he does this. He destroys um, in his column, at least he thinks he destroys um, uh, RFK Jr. Robert F Kennedy Jr., who he says is an anti-vaxer, and he destroys him. In this it picks him apart, which is kind of funny because on every other issue, I'm pretty sure Robert Kennedy is pretty liberal. But uh, and he comes from the Kennedy family, who by now is far too conservative for the Democrat Party on some level. But anyway, it, here's the key I want to show you. What he does with a straight face is say, when you go through one of the things, you click through and click through here, click through search and here, and you get click on oh just for Wikipedia, and there's Robert Kennedy on Wikipedia, and you can see authoritatively he is called an anti-vaxer. So now you know he's an anti-vaxer from an authority. Do you know how left-wing of Wikipedia is? 
Do you know how much money is spent by the left to influence Wikipedia? Wikipedia supposedly is like an open source, you know, uh, encyclopedia. Uh, just like the encyclopedia had editors and the editors had an editorial opinion and made decisions on that. That's, that's how it was, whether it was Encyclopedia Britannica or anybody else. Wikipedia is left-leaning. Go pick your favorite conservative and read his or her Wikipedia page. Don't do mine. It's terrible. They pile on all the worst stuff, and they say the nastiest stuff. It's hardly authoritative. And my point here is, this is the trick that they're doing, this guy, this New York Times guy, to say, oh, don't go down the rabbit hole of bad thinking. You have to go to authority, real authorities, serious people, ones that will take care of you, that will give you the right ideas. And here, let me tell you, Wikipedia, really? Now, my point here is, do you understand, do you recognize that the left is building a, an apparatus, a network? When the Time Magazine article from a, from a week ago says, hey, we've got this, or ten, two weeks ago now, says that there was the cabal of influential leftists who fortified the election so Biden would win. What the, there's a million of these networks, and these networks are all over line because they spend money on this. And it, sometimes it's Soros money, but it's not always Soros. It's lots of other people's money. And they say to themselves, watch us reinforce for ourselves what these messages are, and we'll call it authoritative. And most people, to the point of this author, will not have the time to recognize what they're getting. And they'll think, for example, as this author has said, that Wikipedia is authoritative. Where do you go to check if Wikipedia is authoritative? Well, there's nowhere. And my point is the web of interlocking institutions, in the you know, including higher education and uh, and media, is vastly, vastly in favor of the left. Huge. So that's a piece. I'll put it up on social media. I'll come back to it. It's part of the narrative. It's part of the great narrative machine. All right. Thank you, as always, to our great technical director, Noah, for keeping us on track. And Joanna for booking these great guests. Please, please visit ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink and listen to these interviews. And we'll be back next week. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Talk to you then. This is the ProAmerica Report on The Answer San Diego.